Not sure how to get ready for Passover? Feeling a little overwhelmed? The Pesach Productivity and Activity Bundle by the creative ladies at Beyond the Balagan is here to help. Head over to jewishlatinprincess.com forward slash Pesach Bundle to grab yours today. Jewish Latin Princess, Episode 93, Adina Saklov, founder of ParentingSimply.com and author of Parenting Simply. You're listening to Jewish Latin Princess Podcast by Yael. Every week, get your dose of inspiration from the world's most uniquely talented Jewish women and from Yael herself. Seeking profound and practical ways to live a joyful, richer Jewish life? Welcome to Jewish Latin Princess Podcast. And now, Jewish lifestyle expert and bilingual blogger at jewishlatinprincess.com, your host, Yael. Is lack of respect an issue at home? Defiant behavior from your kids? How do we tackle this? My guest has a surprising approach. Tackling this and many other parenting issues starts with language, she says. You're listening to Jewish Latin Princess. I'm your host, Yael Trush. Welcome to the show. I have Adina Sokloff, professional development instructor and speech pathologist, parenting educator at ParentingSimply.com and author of the newly released book, Parenting Simply. Adina says the most valuable thing a kid can have is a calm parent. And we talk about strategies to stay calm when we're in the trenches. Will we get the desired behavior all the time? My guest says no, but over the length of our parenting years, we will have cultivated a healthy relationship plus the good behavior that we aim for if we keep our sense of calm throughout this journey. One that can be frustrating and she admits to it herself. So let's dive in with Parenting Simply founder Adina Soklov. Adina Saklov, welcome to Jewish Latin Princess. Hi, how are you, Yael? It's so um, nice to be here. Yes, I'm great. It's great to have you on the show and congratulations on the new book. Thank you. Thank you. It's very, very <laughs> exciting. I'm going to digress here a little bit and give listeners um, the backstory of how you met, Can can we? how we met, can I? Yes, <laughs> basically this past summer, I was in Cleveland and unbeknownst to me, did you know I did it? By the way, did you know that I didn't know I was meant to stay by you? Oh, really? <laughs> no, I didn't know. So I got to Cleveland and my friend tells me, oh, by the way, our house is full because, you know, you know, I was yeah. I was meant to stay by your neighbor. Right. But family came from out of town and basically the house was full. So she says, you're going to stay at our neighbor's house. And I'm like, OK, that's we know whatever you say. And right. um, that's when we met over uh, the overflow. You from get the overflow. The <laughs> <laughs> and I See, the most incredible people. I, so I, it's, I'm thrilled. <laughs> that's fantastic. And that's what happens. It's so cute because she told me, I think you guys are really going to hit it off. And we did. Right. Yes. <laughs> and we could have talked for hours. And yes. what resulted from that was that we've become friends, accountability partners, support yes. sisters. And we have this wonderful month call to check on each other and bounce off ideas, which I truly treasure. So thank you for yeah. that. Oh and gosh, so, so when nice. finally I say, I saw that the book came out, I said, Adina, you have such a wealth of information, your pod, I mean, your, your website and the book is out. We got to get you on the show. You got to talk to people about everything that you teach. So here we are. Yes. 
So I'm so glad to be here. I'm a big fan of your podcast. (laughs) Thank you so much. So Adina, let's talk parenting. And let's start with what's, I guess, the most obvious thing and question for me to ask. And it's that the name of your website is Parenting Simply. Your book is Parenting Simply. That's your brand. And it's really a wealth of information or such a resource. It's a go-to place for parents to really get educated on parenting, but parenting simply. And my question is, my goodness, Adina, isn't this an oxymoron? I mean, (laughs) there are days when I swear, I think this is not simple. I thought I had it all figured out. And then something happens. And I'm just like, okay, I really didn't. And now what do I do with this? My husband and I will look at each other like, okay, where did this come from? And what do we do? (laughs) So so tell us, how did you arrive at this concept of parenting simply? Because whatever you've got, I want. Okay. <laughs> so it's it's not simple. It's obviously not simple. But first of all, I just whenever somebody says to me, I look at my husband and we say, what are we going to do? That is the first step. Oh, I like because that. Because you're working with your husband. Mm-hmm. Like, so that's it. Like your marriage comes first. If you have a solid marriage and you guys are looking towards each other for um, instead of against each other when you're parenting, that's like... I, whatever, I will work with you, I will give you whatever you, you know, any information that you want. But if you have that, you, you almost have everything. That's so nice that you say that because I just had a conversation with Kayla Levin, a marriage coach, and she said the same thing, like she like the marriage is a foundation. And 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 funny enough, yesterday, I had a conversation with a, a, a friend of mine who told me that the two biggest challenges in her marriages, and she's been divorced twice, and she has children from both marriages. And she told me it was money and kids. And I didn't expect the kids part. But she said anything that had to do with the kids, we were always at odds with each other. So wish. So I mean, at the beginning, you know, it's not, you know, when you first have kids, and you're like, who's going to change the diaper? And who's going to, you know, listen, it gets it gets tricky, it definitely gets tricky. And you're always tired and everything like that. But again, just really learning to put your marriage first is I'm repeating myself. But Mm -hmm. yeah, so that is really um, the most important thing. That's key. Tell us about parenting simply. So parenting simply. So I, I'll I'll tell you my story. How's that? Sure. Yes. So when my son was one years old, my sister handed me this book, How to Talk So Kids Will Listen. Uh I don't know if you've read it. Yeah. And I know Uh, it from your neighbor, actually. (laughs) Oh, really? Yes. She taught it to me. (laughs) Mrs. Olevsky, she told me about it. So I, I love the book and I used it and I just... But still, like, I was always yelling. I was, like, yelling at my kids all the time. Mm-hmm. Like, and I hated it. Especially my older son is a very sensitive child. And he would get so scared. Like, and but I, I didn't know what else to do. So I just kept on turning to that book. And I loved it. It gives you, like, these communication skills. And, like, just what you should say instead of yelling. And I just, you know, and I would try the techniques in the book and they really were working Mm -hmm. and I got it. And then um, the authors came to Cleveland, which is where I live in Cleveland, Ohio. And um, I went to, I went to hear them speak and I went to the workshop and um, I had a lot to say because I have been using the techniques um, at home. Mm-hmm. And so then they asked me to run <laughs> the, the follow-up workshops. Oh, like, wow. Are you kidding me? I'm like, what? Like, I still was 
like frustrated at home. Like I personally am a person who finds like little kids. Um, I, I find my teenagers much easier to deal with than little children. Like I am a very like, and I'm not, I don't want to say a regimented person, but I felt like with little kids, you were constantly putting out little fires all the time. Mm-hmm. And I'm not a spontaneous person at all. Mm-hmm. And I, I found that part of it very difficult. Like you were ready to leave. And then, um, you know, you they weren't <laughs> like you just cleaned up the kitchen and then somebody spilled all the Cheerios all over the place. Like I, I was always like, I don't know, on red alert. Yes. I felt that way. So yeah, I'm yeah. like, you're crazy. I'm not doing it. They're like, no, no, that's fine. We want somebody who like still is not like, you know, doesn't feel 100% comfortable. Like those are the best instructors because they're real and they're, you know, they're not going to be like high and mighty. Like, oh, this is what I do at home. And you should, mm-hmm. you know. So From the trenches. I started and I loved it. And, you know, I was very real with all the parents. Um, and those were very successful. Uh, thank God. Um, and um, so that's really how I started. And then somebody said, well, you really need to do online classes. This is when I guess it was in 2010 when like, you know, websites were starting bloggers. Yeah, were it was getting booming. Big. And I was like, are you crazy? I am not starting a blog. Like what? Like every time somebody suggested something to me, like I was so like anti. Mm-hmm. But let me just <laughs> like, backtrack a minute. I, I, I want to not assertive, whatever, but I'd be like, I come home and I'd be like, who does that person think they are? Like, what are they talking about? Like, I'm supposed to start a blog. And then, and then like slowly I would like sort of like talk myself down and I'm like, yeah, you know, let me start a blog. So I started a blog and then, um, like the OU saw my blog and H saw my blog and they asked me to start, um, writing. And then Jerome Cornbluth from Mosaic Press saw my stuff on H and he said I should write a book, which I was like, are you crazy? Like, I'm not writing wow. a book. Wow. I was like, okay, you know what? All right, I'll write a book. <laughs> so. That's my story in a nutshell. So I just want to highlight for listeners, though, that you said those early years, you found yourself yelling and, you know, needing the resources and the help. But I find that very refreshing to hear because you were yourself trained as a speech pathologist. I mean, I'm saying you came from a background more closer to education than many of us, right? Yes. Yes. So that's refreshing to hear, meaning it happens to all of us. We all need all the help we can get. (laughs) No, it it really. Yeah. And I think also, like, if you don't, if you don't start off as a yeller, (laughs) like, then I don't think you could help people. Like, if I would come in and be like, yeah, I was always totally calm with my kids. And Mm -hmm. like, you know, my kids are wonderful. And they're totally cool. Like, that's so not relatable. You don't learn anything from that. Like, I think you have to be like a yeller first. and (laughs) And then start working. Working through it, and then you know, then you have something. Then you have a story. Then you have something to talk about. So yeah, no, that's that's funny because I I sometimes feel like maybe there's people who this parenting thing comes naturally to them. Do you think there are people who it comes more natural to them? What do you say? I, you know, I think so. I I think that I I, th- I always was very attracted to people or like teachers just who had that like natural feel with kids like knew what to say yeah yeah me too I'm like I I want what they have exactly (laughs) and I always and I would always like oh that person said that look how she calmed the child down like I worked in a when I was a speech therapist I mean I'm still a speech therapist when I worked as um originally in a preschool 
um, I would always sort of, I would also, I would always like observe those teachers who really like knew what to, who had those like natural communication skills mm-hmm. and um, just sort of, you know, hear what they were doing and try it out myself. Like I, I always like words. Like a lot of what I do is um, is like changing what um, changing something that's sort of negative into something more positive. Or um, you know, like when you tell a child like go wash your hands. So the child, especially modern children, they have a very hard time with direct commands. Mm-hmm. And so if you tell that to a child go wash your hands, they immediately will think to themselves, no, I don't want to, right? So then you have like an independent minded kid who will follow through and then be like, don't tell me what to do, you know, or even if they don't say it, they'll just won't go wash their hands, just badafka. Mm -hmm. Or you have like a child who's like sort of a mellow kind of kid and and will go do it. But um, still, you had to sort of talk talk through, um, I guess giving that direct command sort of puts them in a little bit of a fix like oh, I really don't want to talk to my mommy listen to my mommy but I will because whatever I'm a mellow kind of kid so but if you say like hands need to be washed before dinner mm-hmm. you're saying the same thing then you bypass all that like the mm-hmm. independent kid doesn't feel put out and the other child is just like oh, okay you're just giving information so I that fact that how to talk so kids will listen was all about that. Like mm-hmm. it was all about just changing a couple of words around in the sentence to make it more effective. And that that has always like I love words, so I I always loved that. You know, like I always um, I heard something so beautiful about Baruch Sha'amar, like yeah. Baruch Sha'amar ol Haolam, like Hashem, like blessed He who spoke and yes. the world came into being, and it's. And it's um, what I heard was you can just the way Hashem used words to create the world, like you can use words to create the world. And I think when you do that, when you use like these effective parenting skills, and that's what, again, it's not so simple, but it it is so simple. It is simple, but it's uh, to implement it constantly. I guess that's where the hard work comes. Right. So but then you could create worlds with your words. I don't know. So that really spoke to me. Yeah. Uh, Yes. So I I do think it's hard to implement, though. Um, So one of the simplifying, so one of the tricks to simplifying this journey is definitely the use of language. So that's what I'm hearing. What would be other, other ways that we could, other things that we could be doing? Okay, so the other thing that I love, because again, I was a yeller, and I loved um, I statement. Okay, so I statements, you can still yell. But I have two ways that you could yell in a more positive way. <laughs> Are you giving us permission to yell, Adina? I'm giving you permission to yell. <laughs> My I, kids I, won't like I, that. <laughs> but I, I, again, I find parents, it's not like, I, I, I think you get older and you get more patient. It's not as frustrating. Yes. I, I felt like really I was always in the trenches. Like I just... I don't know. I feel maybe I shouldn't admit that. I'm no, no, you're right. <laughs> but like with little kids, I always felt like I was in the trenches. And so you are frustrated. And um, so you need a way to let off steam that's not going to hurt anybody. Right. Mm-hmm. So when you're frustrated, instead of saying, oh, my gosh, I, will you like will you stop banging that thing already? Or like, I can't believe you. I've told you 15 times <laughs> that you need to, you know, get, you know, bring your laundry up or, you know, again, like this accusatory language, you just say, 
you know, I'm getting frustrated now. I need cooperation, right? Like without insulting the child. And, um, and I think like, if you have like, you could even write them down, like I'm getting frustrated, I need cooperation. And you could just say those two lines um, over and over again, like it just, I, it sort of melts a little bit of the frustration. Mm-hmm. Um, another thing that I would do if I would yell, like if my kids were fighting. So instead of saying, oh my gosh, you guys never get along. I can't take it anymore. You guys are always fighting. Then you could say instead, you guys know how to get along. And you could raise your voice when you're saying this. Again, it's you need to let off a little bit of steam. So it's like, you guys know how to get along. I've seen you get along. You can share a toy. You know how to share a toy. I right? like that. So again, like this you can yell in positive ways. I like that because it emphasizes what the good what they know to do yeah. what they can do and it reminds them of the possibility without mentioning right. what they're actually doing without, without highlighting what's going on right now which is what, what we want to we want to get rid of right and I can't promise you that they're going to stop fighting I can't, but you will have released a little bit of the tension and you're giving, like, instead of giving them the message, like you're always fighting, you're giving them like a message, like, you know, they might not, they, in the heat of the moment, like, again, I always tell parents when a kid is fighting over like a toy, they're so, you know, especially if it's, it's a sibling, it's so intense. It's so difficult for them to give in. Um, so like at the moment, they might not be able to, you know, give in or do what they're supposed to do. But again, you're giving them the message so that the next time, hopefully, they'll know, you know, what? I can share a toy, like, mm-hmm. I don't have to fight with my brother, right? It's I, it, parenting is an 18 year, thank God, whatever, an 18 year journey, right? Um, and you do have that time, it doesn't seem that way. <laughs> when they're little but um but yeah the, the example of the sharing toys though it seems now that I have older kids seems oh gosh so welcome and so much easier than when the fighting yeah. involves you know real jealousy and real insults and really like I don't want to call it bullying but really putting down your sibling or or like hurting them where it hurts the most you know like they know exactly where to get each other oh it's so painful as a parent to see and my husband always makes fun of me he's like that's good you don't have any siblings. This is normal. And I'm like, this is not normal. <laughs> this is awful. <laughs> Somebody stop them. They're hurting each other for life. <laughs> so it's, it's so funny because I was I would I shared the middle, uh, the middle with my older sister, but she was like six years young, six years younger. But I always say I know the pain of being a younger bratty sibling. Uh-huh. And I also know what it's like to have a younger bratty, not that my sister was bratty, <laughs> I don't say that, sorry, Shira. Um, but like to know what it's like to have a younger sibling like that bothers you or copies what you're doing. or So um, I'm in a unique position to understand everybody's <laughs> point of view, which I think has helped me mm-hmm. with my kids. So but it, it, it is normal. Yeah, I mean, I'm sure it is. I, <laughs> I don't want to think my kids are <laughs> are an anomaly <laughs> everybody there's some peaceful quiet times around here it's not all dark and crazy there's <laughs> so so let's talk about the new book parenting simply simply so you said you didn't always have a book in mind and so I'm curious you have so much content on your website and support for parents of all different ages and stages what how did you structure the book so that you can get to the core of parenting simply what different topics have you given us in the book okay so I really okay so this is embarrassing maybe I shouldn't say this 
<laughs> but I took, you know, I write for H.com. And mm. well, I, for, for, um, first of all, I decided that it was going to be a Jewish book. Nice. And so, um, you know, nobody edits my, um, my articles, unfortunately, <laughs> I wish somebody would edit them. Um, but so I knew on H.com that they edited all my articles. And I said, you know what, let me start there. And I just took all my articles from there. And I, you know, I just started putting them all together. Mm-hmm. So, um, but basically, you know, it's parenting simply started out really like not as a Jewish website, which is kind of like, I feel like it's a little bit unfortunate because we've been talking about it and really like Jewish education or educating Jewish parents is really my passion. Like right. I just, um, you know, I just want to give back to my community. <laughs> like I, you know, I love being a from Jew and, um, I just, I can't imagine, having any other type of life. And um, so, so I, yeah, so I, um, so I really wanted it to, I, I actually, I wish that I had put something in about Shabbos and Yantiv into this book, which I didn't. Oh, before. that's interesting. Maybe that, because I, I think Shabbos and Yantiv are, besides having you and your husband having a good marriage, Shabbos and Yantiv, I think is the glue to, um, to having a, uh, a great family. There you go. There's your new book, your next book, Dina, Adina. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, yeah, I just um, yeah. So then I just really put it all together, and for me again, it's these communication techniques that I found to be so helpful. Just changing like a few words around in the sentence. Um, I mean, big thing. I, I want kids to feel resilient. That's like huge for me. I want them to feel independent. Um, I don't want them to feel this academic pressure that's been um, pushed upon our generation of kids. Mm-hmm. Um, so those are some other themes of the book as well. So yeah, yeah. how do we, how do we help our kids become res- more resilient? And I mean, is it this? I guess is it the same as as being independent adults? Does it fall under the same category? Because you mentioned it together. Uh, You know, for me, I would say that that's the goal for my kids. I want them to know that they really can... I want them to know that they can handle anything that comes their way. Like mm-hmm. life throws you problems. Like, you know, and and we're and we're Jews. Like, you know, we've been through a lot over the years, over the uh, centuries. We're tough. We're really tough. And I feel like we need to our kids need to know that they could tap into that strength mm-hmm. when when they need it. And um that for me is one of I, I write about it in the book that that's really one of my major goals is to make sure that my ki- kids feel confident and competent um you know and it's part of that not jumping in to solve every issue and asking more questions than yes like my daughter knows she's like i know you're not going to call all all the other parents are going to call the teacher and you're not going (laughs) to teacher you're not going to complain <laughs> so I'm like I, i'm sorry i'm like i just think that you could handle this you know um i i think it's going to be okay um so she she knows that you know i do not jump in to save my kids at all uh again and in terms of like the language uh that we could use with kids like i i'm trying i try to always ask my kids like you know what do you think 
Like, how will that work for you? Um, When we had, like, even when they were young, when they had, let's say, trouble getting out in the morning, like I give this, I don't know if I give this example in my book, but um, I would like kind of sit down with my kids and be like, okay, listen, this morning we got out late. There was a lot of yelling. There was fighting. How can we make this better? Like, how can we, um, you know, smooth out our morning routine? Mm -hmm. And they would come up with some solutions and sometimes they would work, sometimes they wouldn't work. But that is not like, I think also parents need to realize that's not the point of the problem solving session to actually solve a problem. It's the actual going through the um, brainstorming that it teaches your kids to be independent. I really don't care. We could have gotten out in the end. It did work. Like it really does work. Like we did get out on time the rest of like the year, mm-hmm. but I don't even care. Like if we did it, like I just want to know that my kids know how to brainstorm. We have a problem and we brainstorm. And it's also like, you know, I would I would say to my kids, like, if they couldn't wake up in the morning, I'm like, I would say, well, like, what do you think about bedtime? Like, do you think bedtime should be a little bit earlier? Like, how would that work for you? Because you're having trouble getting out in the morning, like, instead of constantly like punishing them, and you know, yelling at them, I have always tried to move to that problem solving um, language. So um, I really think that builds kids up. And we, I mean, my kids make so much fun. I, let me be honest here, they roll their eyes. They're like, <laughs> I know, mistakes are opportunities to learn. We celebrate <laughs> mistakes here. Um, like they, <laughs> they think it's like ridiculous. <laughs> but I don't care. Because the fact that they're even making fun of me, like mistakes are opportunities to learn. We celebrate mistakes, like means that they get it. Like they have that language. And I know that when God willing, when they have their own families, they're going to use that language. Like they don't really know other language. So um, they can make fun of me all they want. (laughs) Right, right, right. That's funny. I I have, yeah, I sometimes have the same around here. (laughs) It's nice to hear that it happens, that it happens to you too. Um, Adina, what about, here's, here's a, common one I think defiance I think um maybe more common for parents of preteens and teens um less maybe for younger kids although like you said before I think when we're in the midst of it at that young age we think that this is just super defiant behavior but I feel like boy the definition of defiant changes dramatically as they get older (laughs) so what are some tips for that (laughs) okay so this is my so it's like a um, multi-prong approach. So uh-huh. number one, like I really feel, so number one, I can't stand disrespect. I'm allergic to it. When our, my kid is disrespectful to me, I'm like up in arms. Like, but I learned from my husband and I talk about this actually, I tell the story in the book. So if a kid was disrespectful, my husband would like, you know, he uses traditional parenting techniques. I mean, he's a very good, he's a very good dad, but he'll be like, you go to your room, you don't talk to me that way. Mm -hmm. And um, whatever, which officially you're not supposed to do. But um, whatever. Yeah, that's the way we all grew up, right? (laughs) Yeah, whatever. But and, and, and I don't say a word because you don't, if that's the way your husband disciplines, then you just have to keep your mouth shut as long right. as there is no abuse. There's no physical abuse. There's no verbal abuse. But a child is fine to be sent to their room. I like 
personally am not as a parent educator, like I can't really advocate that <laughs> um, technique, but because it's not as a, you're saying because it, it's not as e effective. It's not as effective. Okay, but, so what um, should we do instead? So well, no, but I, I'll tell you but like, uh, just in the middle of that story, but my then my husband will turn to me and say, that kid, they didn't go down without a fight. He's like, I like that. Like he, you have to know that there's a certain amount of defiance that's that's good, you know, mm -hmm. like whatever. But so, um, in terms of um, in terms of respect, so so number one, respect has to be a word that you use in the house. I always say, um, whatever. We'll get we'll get I'll get I'll get more specific in a minute. But the first time children hear the word respect is couched between this and full disrespectful you're being disrespectful but nobody has talked about what is respectful speech so um you need to and and they don't see respectful like they don't see respectful behavior they don't see it on tv they don't you know they don't really see it on the street that's so, so interesting. i should say that in the in the midwest like people are very respectful here i should say that yes. but um so you know, it's a lot like I feel like we're so lucky because Kibbutzaba Aim is a part of our, you know, culture. Like mm -hmm. my kids know what Kibbutzaba Aim means. Like, right. so, um, but instead say it in a positive way, like, oh my gosh, you helped me today. That's Kibbutzaba Aim. Mm -hmm. That's a mitzvah of Kibbutzaba Aim. That's being respectful. If you see your kid is being disrespectful, then find times where they're being respectful. It could be ridiculous. You could ask them for a tissue. And, you know, say, oh, thank you. That was respectful, you know, or if you, you know, I don't know, something that they like to do, like baking with you, that they love right. to bake with you. Oh, that was respectful that you baked with me, you know, that we we work together. That's that's showing respect. So you want to always do something positive first. Mm -hmm. um, and then in terms of um, and also, again, they have to see you and your husband being respectful to each other. If yes. you're not respectful, then there's nothing. I can't even talk to you. I can't tell you what to do. Like, there's just, you know, I feel bad, but that's really or if you're not respectful to your um, to you to the, you know, washing machine repairman, then again, there's nothing I could, I can, we can't really help you. It starts with you. It start with, starts with the parents. Sorry to hate, I hate to put pressure on you. Um, but, um, and then it's just saying to the child, like, that was disrespectful. Or you could say things like, you know what, it's, oh, well, really, the most important thing is to is to uh, respond with empathy, because when a child mm. is defiant, they're angry. So it's like, you sound angry, you sound upset, right? Um, and then like, if they're not like, so super, super angry, then you could say, could you try saying that? Um, can you try to saying that in a respectful way? Right? Or, you know, could you try that again? That was disrespectful, right? But if they're like, super, super angry, then you could let it go. But it has to be Later on, when you both are calm, you need to say to your child, uh, remember before you said, um, I hate you, or you said something like, you're so stupid, whatever, whatever it is, you'd say, that was disrespectful. Next time, just say, uh, let's just say, I'm really angry, or I'm really angry with your rules. And that's it. You only get three lines. And the more you do that, the more you teach them and you give them the words that they need to be respectful, the less disrespect you will, you will see. I mean, I used it. I used that technique and it's been extremely effective. So I like that. And I find that, um, first of all, I find that it works. 
But the other thing that I wanted to mention is when you mention the word empathy is that sometimes the defiant behavior, like the I hate you type comments can get a tad personal so much so that you actually take them personal. And that's really um, where you fall into that downward spiral of really not managing the situation. Well, I mean, I could speak for myself just because it feels Mm -hmm. so personal when I just have to say to myself, this is not personal. The child is actually upset about something totally different. They're attacking me in a very person, what feels like a very personal way. (laughs) But it's just because I'm their target. (laughs) Right. No, and I also like I get very, I'm a person who I'm very sensitive and I get insulted. Like, so I have to talk myself down. Like I, I actually will like, stop and say to myself, this is not about you. Yes. <laughs> like I have because and, and if it's forget it, like if a child's disrespectful to me, I mean, also like I work as a speech pathologist, if like there's disrespect, I mean, I can't even tell you how like, I get so like my initial gut reaction. It's like a millisecond mm-hmm. where I'm like, oh, I can't believe that kid talked to me that way. Like, whatever. And I really part of it is just talking myself down like this kid's upset. It's not you it's not personal yeah and again a kid doesn't learn anything from you yelling at them a kid learns so much from you being calm like in the face of their anger like and it's like if they can't get you angry it's um it's i find that to be more satisfying than just like you know shooting back with i can't believe you spoke that way you know right 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 yes i also i had like a child in speech therapy who who would say i hate you i don't want to come with you right it's so embarrassing like i'm sitting there and everybody knows like i have parenting whatever (laughs) (laughs) let's see what the parenting expert's gonna do now (laughs) right so i but i i left it alone then then I came back the next day and I, before, like I said, anything I said to the child, I said, listen, I said, I know you don't want to take, take me. I know you don't want me to take you out. Let's talk about ways that you could say that to me nicely. Right. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, and you don't have, I, I said, you don't have, well, thank goodness. Like he doesn't have to come with me because I could do therapy in the classroom. But I said, you could say, can we work in the classroom? Could you say, I'm really not comfortable going with you now? You know, like I just gave him the words that he needed. And you could so like, he was so relieved that he wasn't in trouble. And he was so relieved, like kids want to be good. Like he was so relieved that now he had the language to tell this lady that he didn't really know that he didn't want to come with me. Right. So um, it goes back to your initial point, right? So much of this is about the use of language yeah I just and I love that I do I do feel bad because I did have somebody in my class she's like I'm a math person she's like I don't get the light like she's like I'm not good with words so like you know that like you know I kind of felt bad so I just like we worked on just like some simple like tips like some just simple words that she could use simple phrases that she could just have at her fingertips you know mm-hmm. so um and I, I also believe that whatever your strength is first of all your child needs you like Hashem gave you the child because um that child needed you and you needed the child so I feel like whatever your strength is like give to your child in that way so I don't mean that like the math you know, the math person has to do math <laughs> with her child. But if like she loves numbers, 
like, you know, play number games with your kid or like, I don't know, just use your strengths, right. use what you love, use your hobbies to try to connect with your child if you can like there's a you know if your kid hates sports but then so find like but and you love sports like but maybe find another way to like get in touch with your kid but really it's best if you use your hobbies that you love to connect with them so you know seek into your personality like what you can bring to your family I think it's so important yeah it's funny you say that because it's true we eat and it com- goes with each partner right like I feel like at least in our relationship I'm more the communicator with the kids and that sometimes they like and very often it's a little bit too much but I find like as they get older some of my older kids appreciate like those sessions where we break problems down and you know they give me their ideas and I give them feedback or whatever it is right Mm -hmm. and and my husband is more the light like less serious type Mm -hmm. which comes in handy very very often because I could be a little bit more type a right I want to dissect every situation and tackle it and analyze it and break it apart and he just wants to diffuse you know the tension and throw a few jokes in there and that's just what the kid needed (laughs) right so I've learned over the years I remember somebody said like somebody asked my husband I was what does your wife do and he said oh she's a parent educator and she's like oh my condolences to you (laughs) so I felt bad you know but I really learned over the years to turn to my husband like I you know I, sometimes you just can't see clearly like what's, right. you know, what's right in front of you. And you, you need your husband's perspective. They're so, you know, they, they do. My, my husband's the biggest jokester and so much fun. And, um, you know, he has like a couple of things where like he is like so like, you know, if the kids have to like to go to shul, you have to be tucked in like, you know, they're just like a couple of things. And it's like non-negotiable. And my kids don't even care. They like totally do it because he's like so fun loving. Right. All the time. So, um, yeah, it's just they, they, they know they're parenting. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Even their traditional parenting stuff. They, yeah. they know what they're doing. Passovers are on the corner, and in order to make it all the more fun and seamless, the Pesach Productivity and Activity Bundle is here. My friends at Beyond the Balagan have created a fun, downloadable bundle with everything we can dream of to get us ready for Passover and get our kids involved too. Printable activities for the kids, like games, coloring pages, and finger puppets, different table decor options for your seders and holiday meals, checklists, menu planners, cleaning planners, to-do lists, packing lists, and budgeting, and more. I already downloaded my bundle and started making my lists and in the next few weeks I will be using this extensively. All planner pages are black and white to make it easier and more budget friendly for you to print at home. The Pesach Productivity and Activity Bundle has so much in it that it is valued at $72.84 but you can get yours for just $18 when you head over to jewishlatinprincess.com forward slash Pesach Bundle. So yes, for $18 you will get every single list and label you can imagine, games and activities for the kids and three options of table decor to make your holiday table fun and fabulous all in the spirit of keeping the kids engaged and excited about passover and keeping you organized and smiling head over to jewishlatinprincess.com forward slash pesach bundle to grab your pesach productivity and activity bundle today
Yeah, you talk about on your website, I saw something about disciplining without threats. And I feel like that's also a big one that we I I personally hate going down that path. Like I don't like being the the parent that has to like issue a threat of a punishment. Oh, it's like, I, I don't like when I do it. And I'm like, Oh, I didn't really want to go there. Right, right. So so again, I just with so again, it's like sort of this multi prong approach. Like if you talk to your kids with this problem solving kind of language, mm-hmm. um, then the need for like those disciplinary tactics become less. Yes. So like, um, like, what's an example of like a dis like just, I don't know, I'm just like blanking, like that you would think like, what would be a good example? of? Um, oh, gosh, that you would need to discipline. I don't, I, I don't know. I don't know. I think it's like, it's like going back to what you said at the beginning, you used a simple example, like wash your hands, right? But it's like, right. after Shabbos, like all the friends had come over, for example, and the playroom is destroyed, right? And there's always right. that like, well, it was my friends who did it. Well, I don't really care. You know the rule. If it was your friends, you could have had them clean up when they were here. If not, it's your responsibility. (laughs) And then 12 hours later, the house is still a wreck. Not the house, but the part of the house that they needed to take care of is still a wreck, right? (laughs) Right. Right. So that's like, that's that's very frustrating. (laughs) So I'm a little bit of a neat freak. I shouldn't say a neat freak. I, I can't stand clutter. Um, so that really would get me going. Um, yep. So again, it's like it's like going over the rules. And like kids will always, they'll complain about everything. And they'll use like any tactic, like why do I have to do it? Mm-hmm. They made the mess. And what, right? And so what I like to do is I have these like mantras, <laughs> like um, we all work together. It doesn't matter who made the mess. We all work together. In this family, right. we all help each other clean. Now, again, do you think my kids, because I say these things, are like, oh, mommy, yes. Oh, I will definitely go and clean. No, no. (laughs) But again, these statements help you keep your cool. Exactly. It it teaches values (laughs) to your kids. And again, so but the again, the best thing to do is to sit everybody down and just say, listen, this is the problem. The family room is a disaster on Shabbos. I want your friends to come over, you know, but it's really frustrating. Like what kinds of solutions could we come up with? So this doesn't happen again. Right. So, and then, then there's no, you know, and the next time it's going to happen again, and then you're going to sit down again and brainstorm again. And finally, like they get the picture, you know, like, um, and I feel like now, you know, I'm, I'm such, I'm an old lady now, you know, my youngest is 16, my oldest is 23. <laughs> and um, yeah, it, it's, it's not instantaneous. You're not going to get that family room cleaned up unless you do it like the first time, but it, you have 18 years. And after right. 18 years, <laughs> this is an important reminder. They'll, you know, they'll, they'll get it. So and some at some point, like when they're teenagers, like my mother in law would always say, leave them alone, close the door. Mm-hmm. And I finally with one child, I close it. It's so hard for me. I can't even tell you but I close the door. Um, and that's it. And Mirta Shem, he's leaving to yeshiva. 
September. And then when I pass by his room, I will see a clean room because he won't be there. So <laughs> I just leave the door open. But it's, it's interesting. First of all, it's a really good reminder, again, that we get so hung up on the everyday because it feels like everyday, right? These little things, right. like if, especially that bothers us, like I'm also a neat freak, freak, right? But we have, it's an entire journey of parenting. I don't think we do a favor to the kids if we're constantly nagging about something because what we're doing is we're hurting the relationship on, on the, meaning we're sacrificing the 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 relationship on a grander scale like when we do want them to be able to come to us and maybe they won't god forbid right Right. um but the other thing that i'm hearing from you is that it's not perfect behavior that these these parenting simply or implementing these strategies is not meant to give us that perfect behavior now or you know i don't know not necessarily even ever ever but it's meant to be more for us we are behaving we're the ones who are behaving better we're the ones who are eventually mastering the quote-unquote perfect behavior even if we don't get it from them (laughs) right no i i i think it's all about you i think the most valuable thing that a child could have is a calm parent. Mm-hmm. So, you know, um, and again, right. So the you're right. Like these skills are really so to help you maintain calm. So, I, but I, I mean, I do. But when I say like you have 18 years to like to parent, I don't want to, I don't want to invalidate how hard it is and how difficult it is. And when you're sitting there looking at the messy playroom, <laughs> how I don't want to like, because though, and especially those are things that like, I, I always ask parents, what's your trigger? Like what is going to drive you absolutely insane? And for me, it was always a messy. Oh house. my gosh. So, <laughs> it's the same here. So, my husband says 99% of the fights in this family are because of organization and clutter and things like that. Yeah, Elle, you got to stop. <laughs> right. No, but I see, but I don't. Okay, so this is I don't think you have to stop. You just you need to find <laughs> strategies that work. like I would clean like I would spend an hour cleaning up like every night I would spend, you know, whatever it is getting organized, getting um, and like Sundays when everybody's home and the newspaper is on the kitchen table and all my counters in my kitchen are sort of fold with filled with stuff. Oh, I, I feel have to like take a deep breath because like so then like the whole Sunday I just like talk myself through it. Like tomorrow it'll be okay. Tomorrow everybody will be gone. My counters will be okay. Like, do you know what I'm saying? Like I just um like I don't want to invalidate the the struggles. Right. Um, I, again also like I want to point out that everybody and everybody has their triggers and um and like sort of figure out what your triggers are, figure out what you know, what's going to really bother you. And again, like problem solved through it, either with your kids, with your husband, you know, or with yourself, like I'll say to my husband, like, you know, this drives me crazy. Like, what do you think I should do? Like, so like the Sunday newspaper thing, he's like, Adina, you got to let it go. And I'm like, okay, I will. It's really hard for me. I'm like, I'll try to let it go. Um, You know, and other things like he'll be like, okay, no, 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 we're going to help you. Like, we'll figure this out, you know, and you know, we'll, I don't know, I can't think of an example off the top of my head. But, um, you know, let's work together and figure this out. Like this really bothers mommy, like, let's do right, this. right, like, even for the kids, like, I'll say, like, you know, what, your brother really gets upset when you mention his braces. So we really need to stop, you know, like, it's sort of like this response, 
everybody's sort of respecting everybody's crazy. I feel like in the film, <laughs> I like that. <laughs> I try to teach like my family, like, you know what, that really bothers daddy. So whatever, um, let's not do that. Or, you know, that really bothers your sister. Let's stop doing that. And I don't know. I think that's, that's also an important thing um, to teach kids. Yeah. Have to live together. <laughs> yeah. And it goes back to the respect that you mentioned before, right? Yeah. This learning of respecting that each one has their own right. idiosyncrasies, I guess. <laughs> yeah. So I, and I, I have to say, like, I, I, my, I was talking to my, my sister in law and I were once in a parenting class together. And um, the teacher said, you know, what, what did your parents teach you? What was the most important thing? Um, you know, er- every parent has like their sort of um, value that they give over to your yeah. kids. And every, like people were saying like Staka and, um, you know, and my sister-in-law said, she's like, I, I learned respect in my house. Mm-hmm. Like her parents, her, you know, my in-laws, you don't have to like them, <laughs> you know, but you always have to respect people and you have to be kind to kind to people. And so like respect is like a big thing with my husband. Like that's a value that I see he got from his parents. parents. And so um, he's I really learned a lot from him about respect. So I think it's it, I, I do see I do see that that's really important. So what's what's yours? What would be one that you got? that really you got from your parents a number one I think one. it would be like Staka that Staka is really really that's, that's so nice like back to you yeah mine so. would be like responsibility I feel like my parents like that's the one thing that always comes to mind like right. just that very responsible reliable type of person um right. you know another thing Adina that I find and tell me what you would say to this one but sometimes we observe in our children Amida or a character trait that it just comes through and through that, you know, it's, it's a challenge for them. It's not a positive one. And and we see it because, you know, where you can see from the outside, and we see that it comes up over and over again. And we know that that's their struggle. And that's almost not, not to say that people won't change, but that that's just going to be one of those things that this child has this character trait, and they are going to have to struggle with. And sometimes like we want to fix it. But uh, I don't know that we really can. <laughs> Right. So I, I, again, like I, okay, so I, I have one brother-in-law who's like, Adina, on your planet, are there, is the sun always shining and the bunnies always hopping? I'm like, <laughs> yes. I'm like, that's what my planet looks like. Why? Like, so like I give it a positive spin, like any character trait is there's always a positive side yes. to the character trait. Correct. So um, we as parents, part of our job is to really ho- help the child hone that skill to make it something more positive. Like mm-hmm. let's say you have a bossy child, like that's a really positive, a positive media to have. Mm-hmm. I mean, so, so what would you do? Give them opportunities to be a leader, to put them in a leadership position in the family, like run, I don't know, to make all the desserts for Shabbos or whatever by herself, let's just say. Right. And then to teach her like, oh, so sometimes I also, I like this indirect teaching. Like, so if you know that your child's being bossy and mm-hmm. her siblings are getting annoyed with her and her friends are getting annoyed with her. So you like sit down at the dinner table and you start talking to your husband about, you know, I was just thinking like, you know, our Rav is such a good leader because, you know, he really listens to what other people say and takes into consideration um, other people's points of view. And that's like really makes like a good leader. Like he's bossy, but 
he knows also how to talk to other people, mm-hmm. right? Like you start this like educational campaign um, where you're not telling your child, you need to listen to other people. You need to take other people's um, thoughts into consideration, right? right? Like you, you, you start, oh, you know, the other day I saw, um, you know, your teacher, she is such a good boss. You know, she was listening to me so carefully to hear what I had to say. Like, again, like this indirect, teaching yes tell a child you're so bossy right that's not gonna get us anywhere (laughs) it's not gonna get you anywhere so it's a very um and then like anytime the child listens to somebody else or is kind gives candy to their sister say oh that's that's really that's um I like to use the Hebrew word like that's a chesed I feel Mm -hmm. like we have so many beautiful midas that they learn in school bring it home like whatever beautiful yeah. Anytime that they do, they're showing respect, that's the mitzvah of Kibbutz aim. Now, like when they get older, they will roll their eyes. So I would start young with mm-hmm. this. Um, but it's so important. I just I remember, like when my kids were l- younger, and if they would misbehave outside, um, you know, or misbehave, like we were if we were in a store, I'd be like, Kippa, and they they would like just stop. Oh, they know they, they knew what you meant. They knew what I meant. It was like it was really amazing, and like so we have they learned so much beautiful things in school. Like let's let use it, bring it home. Yeah. So um, yeah, and I always like in in our house we have so. Um, I give, I let the kids take turns, like on Shabbos, bringing my husband his food. Mm-hmm. I'm like, okay, who's getting, who's like turn is it for Kibbutz in points? So like, I really want you to have Arichas Yamim. So nice. <laughs> whatever. I always like, you know, br- bring it home. You know, um, I think that's really important. So that is that is really important, really beautiful, and I. Going back to circling back to the conversation on being calm, I think those creative things, again, you get more creative when you keep your cool and you're not um, reacting all the time and you got to be calm and then the creativity also flows, right? To either do the indirect parenting or remember a story from Tanakh or a media that they learned in school and bring it into the conversation. You know, those things, if we're calm, (laughs) we can implement them. Yeah. So, right. So then I, I think, okay, so this is like, a little pet peeve of mine and whatever tell us I just uh, women are doing just too much and Mm. you can't you can't become when you have so much on your plate and I feel like I just I just I feel it's it's not fair what women are expected to do I'm surprised that like women haven't like started a revolution yet like I just um you know just like even like reading articles and Jewish magazines about how this person is working and doing hachnasis orchim and and like it's exhausting like I just read it and I'm exhausted right um and I just Listen, I was I I worked very little when my kids were little, and I'm very grateful for that because it was hard. It was so it's hard being home with your kids, but um, I I just don't think we're set up for calm. <laughs> so I'm sorry to say that I is just, a very good point. That is a very very good point. Yeah, we are all running on empty. <laughs> I, I, it's just 
it's it's not fair to mothers, it's not fair to fathers, it's not fair to kids. Like, you know, our children, they need us. Like, I, I feel like a, a mother's presence is the most common, just their presence. You don't have to say anything. Just being there right. is stabilizes a child, helps them regulate their emotions. A mo- like they say, a mother's voice can help a child calm down. And, um, you know, and I just, I think that's the most important thing for a child. Like when they walk in the door, you're there, you know, um, after a long day uh, that you're there when your husband walks in the door, like it helps everybody. I don't, I think, I think the mother is the most important person in, um, if I, whatever, no, I don't want to uh, brag or anything, but I just think the mother is the most stabilizing person in the home. Right. And um, I just, I, you know, I just think it's really important and to really get our priorities straight and um, really understand our value, I think is really important. Yeah, so. to really take the time to evaluate where are we overextending ourselves and where could we be yeah. letting go and, and also knowing that there we also have a whole lifetime ahead of us to achieve things we don't have to do it all today we you know right. there's stages start. of growth for our children and for us as well right I did not start my career until you know my youngest was I mean I, sh- I was always a speech therapist but this parent education career I didn't start it till my kids were older right. I mean I guess my family was my laboratory but um there's there's still time you know, and um, to split ourselves into a million different pieces is just, I, I don't understand. I, I don't. It's, I it's don't a huge price that we're paying. And um, yeah, it's an amazing reminder. Very, very important reminder. You know, what's also a good one, an important thing to discuss that I hadn't thought about till just this very second. And it came up in a recent class I was teaching. And I didn't realize, I don't, I don't want to say maybe I'm naive or live a little bit in a bubble, but I didn't realize how much of a pain point it is or how much parents are suffering with this whole thing with technology and I had mothers telling me I feel like I lost a battle like like that's it like they're gone like they're gone in their phone and I don't know how to turn like I don't know how to have them back and it was like wow like so heartbreaking because yeah. well first of all I don't think they lost the battle but um, so w- what tips do you have for parents who are really struggling with this whole issue with technology and their kids so I I, I I, I find it to be impossible. I, I, in some ways, I feel like that, that mother, you know, like you, you let it in your house and, and it, it takes over and the kids are addicted to it. So it's like, it's so hard to stop it. So listen, we have, you know, phones are, they have to, I have teens. So Mm -hmm. like once they're 18 years old, I feel like, you know, that's it. I know my boys have the filters. My older boys have filters on their phone, um, very limited apps, but they also, my older boys didn't grow up, didn't grow up with smartphones. Right, right. So whatever. So listen, my kids are limited on social media, um, my other kids, and, um, you know, they like, it's not at the dinner table. Um, You know, they have to, an hour before bedtime, they have to, you know, give their phones in. Um, So you have to have clear boundaries and clear rules, period. But it's very, it is so difficult. And I'm so glad that we didn't, um, like, they didn't get it until my daughter got it at 15, which, whatever, I didn't want it. And my son got it at 
he got his smartphone at 16. He switched schools. He needed it. It was crazy. I was so upset. He needed his smartphone for school, which I was not happy about at all. Um, So it it is, I I would say start late as late as you can Mm -hmm. um, because it does. It, it, and, and you do, you have to have clear boundaries and you have to talk. You have to be, you, you, you cannot be um, shy about talking about the dangers of, um, you have to be really explicit about what the dangers are. And when your child says to you, you don't trust me, I love when my kids say you don't trust me. My answer is I don't trust the internet. Mm-hmm. So whatever. And you just, I, I, and I don't say because I don't, I don't trust the internet and I don't think that anybody should. Right. Right, um, right, 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 right. That's one thing that you could say to your kids. I love that. I I love that. Adina, you've been amazing. Let's do some JLP fill in the blanks. You're familiar with these, right? Yes, I've heard them. (laughs) All right. So first of all, I'm Adina Sokloff and I feel most spiritual when? Okay, so I, could I say two things? Yeah. Yeah. Three things? (laughs) what a spiritual woman I got on the show today (laughs) I got you go for it so it's really Rosh Hashanah and Yom Kippur Mm. are like my I I love Rosh Hashanah Yom Kippur I know people nobody really likes Yom Kippur but to me those are really incredible days um, where I fear the most spiritual and I also go to a shear by Mrs. Miriam Barkin in uh, Cleveland and I for an hour I am in a different zone (laughs) she is so spiritual like you literally when you leave the class you're like you feel like your spirituality like drops like three points um so yeah that's when I feel the most spiritual nice my favorite mitzvah or one that I connect with the most is I think Shalom Bayit that's Mm -hmm. there you go that's my passion (laughs) my fondest sweetest Jewish memory is Oh, Shabbos. Shabbos was, <laughs> I love Shabbos. So yeah, did love, you appreciate it as a child also? Oh, yeah, yeah. I love Friday night after, um, after dinner, we would just like my mother would put out like all this food, and we would just sit around and schmooze. And it was it was just I love Shabbos then I love Shabbos now. So. Nice. Very nice. Well, she sounds amazing. (laughs) After dinner, I'm like collapsing. I don't, sometimes I I don't even make it to the end of the dinner. (laughs) We spent a a long time at dessert. (laughs) Something I wish I'd learned about Judaism growing up is? Um, Just see, but I did feel just how gorgeous it is, how vibrant, how rich, Mm -hmm. how um, just, you know, to just jump in and just appreciate like everything that we have as a firm Jew. Um, yeah, I think I think I it would have been I, I, th- I think I always felt that though, as a child. So yeah, but there's obviously that we don't have the I guess the maturity level to really appreciate it as we do yeah. as adults, right? Yeah. When I give tzedakah charity, I like to give to. Um, I like to give. That's a good question. Uh, I we like we like well we like to give to our school and we like to give to Beaker Holem. So we have nice. a really incredible Beaker Holem here in Cleveland. So very nice. Very nice. Finally, I'm Adina Sokloff, and today I'm most grateful for my husband nice. <laughs> I, would, I would not be anything without my husband so uh yeah by the way I have to concur on that me too not not about your husband but about my husband 
<laughs> yeah, I just, uh, I really, I lucked out. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, they don't get as much appreciation and credit as they deserve, those husbands. No, they, yeah, so. Adina, we can find you at parentingsimply.com and your book is out in Israel, I hear, and coming into yeah. the States very soon and we're going to be able to find it on Amazon, yes? Yes, yes. Very Thank nice. so much, yeah, this was so much fun. Thanks, Adina Sakla, for stopping by. You can find Adina at ParentingSimply.com, where you can find her audio and video courses and an immense wealth of resources for parenting kids of all ages. Oh, and also, many of her courses offer continuing education credits. Adina is on Facebook and Instagram at ParentingSimply, where she posts often with short tips and videos to keep the tools and strategies that she gives us front and center. All of this and more back at JewishLatinPrincess.com. I want to wish you all a wonderful week. I'm still in New York. I guess this is part of my parenting journey, supporting my kids who came for a Shabbaton in New York. One weekend was my daughter and the next weekend um, was is going to be my son. And all the while, I won't lie, I've gotten a lot of work done as I try to create more content and come up with new ideas, some big things brewing. And I've had a delightful time meeting some of my guests and friends of the show. You can catch some of that on Instagram stories or on Instagram posts as well. So be sure to be following me there at Jewish Latin Princess. And of course, you can subscribe to my newsletter through my website, jewishlatinprincess.com to hear more about what I'm up to. Thanks again for being here. I hope you enjoyed this episode. If you did, please leave me a review on iTunes and share the podcast with the women you love. Have a wonderful week, everybody. Thanks for listening to Jewish Latin Princess podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe on iTunes, leave a rating, and share the podcast with the Jewish women you love. To access today's show notes, ask Yael a question, or suggest a uniquely talented Jewish woman to be featured on the show, visit jewishlatinprincess.com.